is this out of the, you know, the places you've gone? Is it your, you know, your personal favorite? Obviously, it's a subjective question, but is it your your new personal favorite for an RV resort that just ticks off all the boxes for you and Nancy? Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the authors of Where Should We Camp Next? And Where Should We Camp Next? National Parks. This season, we are back with a brand new RV and brand new adventures. Join us now as we cover the best campgrounds, the best rigs, the best food, and the best gear to bring with you when you go. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that our bread and butter is bringing you great campground reviews from all over the country so that you know where you can camp next. And of course, we have two books out. We have Where Should We Camp Next and Where Should We Camp Next National Parks. So if you're looking for great resources for finding campgrounds, you know, go grab copies of those books, but also tune into this podcast every week. And I really do also like to bring you reviews of the latest and the greatest and the newest places out there that everybody's talking about and places that are kind of buzzworthy. And one of the ways we get those reviews is because we have great correspondents that come on the show. So today I'm thrilled to have back on the RV Atlas podcast, Bill Sferraza. Bill has become a great friend of mine over the past few years, though I haven't seen him in a while. Um, And Bill's a real resort camper, along with his wife, Nancy. They really, like, that is their RV travel style. They love to hit the resorts up and down the East Coast, um, from where we are in New York and New Jersey, all the way down to Florida. So for their spring break, they went to Hilton Head National RV Resort, and Bill and Nancy, like, absolutely loved it. They're talking about it like it's their favorite resort up and down the East Coast right now. And Bill doesn't mince words. He's a pretty straight shooter about things. So when he says, like, this is his favorite RV resort, you know, the guy has been to a lot of them. And I, I really trust his opinion. So he's got, I mean, just to give you a little sneak peek here, he's got a rave review for us of the Hilton Head National RV Resort. He's going to give us all the details about the campground. He's going to talk about all the amenities, the, the different campsites. And he's going to talk about some things that they did while they were um, visiting Hilton Head. So um, hang on. We'll be back in a second, and we're going to have a great review of Hilton Head National RV Resort. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. Our family has been staying at Jellystone Park locations for 12 years. There are more than 75 Jellystone Park locations across the United States and Canada, and each one is unique, but our kids love them all because each Jellystone Park location has fun attractions like pools, water slides, splash grounds, mini golf, laser tag, and jumping pillows. Plus, there are tons of activities all day and all night long, such as foam parties, dance parties, wagon rides tie-dye, and movie nights. They even have themed weekends like Chocolate Lovers Weekend, Christmas in July, and Halloween weekends in the fall. Of course, we can't forget the fun of hanging out with Yogi Bear, Boo Boo, and Cindy Bear. And at Jellystone Park, you can stay in your RV 
or enjoy one of their awesome glamping accommodations as many of their locations offer luxury cabins, yurts, covered wagons, and more. Make Jellystone Park a part of your family's vacation in 2023 because it's not just a campground. It's a Jellystone Park. To learn more and to book your vacation today, visit JellystonePark.com. That's JellystonePark.com. And please, don't forget to tell Yogi Bear that Jeremy and Stephanie said hello. Hello, Bill, and welcome back to the RV Atlas. How are you doing today? Great. How are you? Good to be back. It's great to see your face. I have I have not seen you in person in over a year. I, I missed you at Carolina Pines this year. Last year, it was nice to get to, to hang with you a little bit. How has um, spring camping been going for you? Well, we took a trip down over the Easter break. We took a trip down to... Um... St. Augustine, Florida, and then on the way back up, we stopped in Hilton Head, uh, South Carolina, which uh, my wife and I had stopped on our way down to my mother-in-law's last winter just to kind of see the area, and we really liked it, so we said we have to go back with the RV, and that's what we did. And we're, and we're going to review the campground you stayed at there, but where did you, quickly, where did you stay in Florida, RV-wise? We stayed at Ocean Grove RV Resort in St. Augustine, which was, uh, it's a little south of St. Augustine, like the, the city. Uh, it's right on, uh, it's A1A. I mean, it's right, it's a block off the beach. So it's, you could ride your bike or walk to the beach if you wanted to. And that was a, that was a nice campground also, uh, not at the level of Hilton Head National, but it was a, uh, definitely a great campground if you want to be close to the beach. Now, I think it's fair to say that, that you and your awesome wife, Nancy, love RV resorts and you love yeah. to go south to warm kind of beachy locations, right? I mean, does that, to some Definitely. degree, sum up your camping style? That pretty much sums it up. I mean, uh, I, I don't mind if I'm doing a guy's trip or something, being in the woods, but Nancy is a glamper. And, you know, with, that's, which, that's the way she likes to camp. And that's fine with me because the RV resorts we are finding are very nice. Well, we all get to choose our own adventure, but I'm waiting for the day when I'm like, uh, when I hear you saying like, yeah, we're going deep into the woods in Maine or something like that. But no, we're going to beachy resort type places and you're going to places that are that are in demand and that are that are popular and that are sort of on point and on trend right now and hilton head national rv resort i'm thrilled to be getting this review from you because we went back to carolina pines we didn't do something new this year um but i was excited to hear that you went here and that we could do the review for this so so let's dive in like where where is hilton head national rv resort located in in terms of Hilton Head and that whole area. Like, I don't know the area super well. So just break it down for us beginners. Okay. So the easiest way to get there is it's right off I-95. So if you're heading south or north on I-95, um, you'll have the Hilton Head exit, which is Route 278. And take that east towards the beach. And you'll go through, um, you know, shopping and nice areas. And then you hit Bluffton, which is the, the city that's right before you hit the causeway to go onto Hilton Head Island itself. So this RV resort is just before that causeway. So it's, um, it's connected to a, a golf club. So Hilton Head National Golf Resort is on one side, and then the other side is the RV resort. And then um, if you want to go into Hilton Head, it's about maybe a 10 to 12-minute ride, depending on traffic. So in some ways, it's like Carolina Pines in that you're not right there in Myrtle Beach, but you're really yeah. within striking distance. So was it easy to get back and forth to Hilton Head without too much traffic or too much too much stress? Yeah, we were there during uh, Easter week, and they were having the Hilton Head Heritage 
PGA golf tournament there that weekend also, and we didn't have any trouble with traffic or anything. We were able to move pretty freely. So it wasn't too bad at all. And I'm constantly, when places call themselves RV resorts, I, I'm, you know, sometimes that's a dubious claim for some places, and sometimes other places are truly RV resorts. So let's let's make that like a little bit of a sub-theme of our conversation. Um, but just bluntly, is is this truly an RV resort? This is the nicest place to put your RV that I've ever been to. And now I said this last time I did the review on Carolina Pines, but I not that it's as amenity rich as Carolina Pines, but it's nicer. So I think this is the nicest place we've ever stayed. And um, I can't imagine something being nicer than this. I don't know what so- another RV resort could do that could one-up this place as far as quality and the uh, just the care that's taken in the whole resort. Now, that for our listeners out there, that's coming from somebody that's been to Carolina Pines, has been to uh, Massey's, has been to Castaways. You've been to a lot of these. Oh, and Anchor Down. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've you've guys have or covered a lot of the I've... resorts in the in the whole Northeast and South. Right. That's high praise, and, my I, friend. Yes, it's it's a beautiful, well done. I mean, they didn't miss a beat with anything. Every single thing you could think of is taken care of at this resort. So can we, like when I was looking at it on their website, the first thing I wanted to ask you about that screamed resort to me was the, was the clubhouse. So can you, can you get, describe like what that is like and what kind of vibe that gives off? So it's, it's the, it's the hub of the resort. It's, it's, um, it, it's their version of like a camp store and clubhouse type of vibe. It's, it's, it's a little nicer than I would say a camp store that you would find anywhere else, but that's where they sell their camping supplies. There's also a part of that building where they have comfortable couches. There's a big TV inside. There's bathrooms. Um, and then around the back, there's a restaurant called Billy Max, which is like a almost like fast foodish type of food, you know, burgers, pizza, that kind of stuff, right on the back of that same building with a screened in restaurant and bar and some outside seating. And then behind that is the whole pool complex. So it's a it's kind of the hub of the resort and where everybody, you know, gathers. So let's talk about it. Did, did you guys, oh, did you guys eat there? Or did you not eat there? We did not eat there. And yeah. tell us why. You know, so, well, you, uh, my wife and I, we eat a vegan diet. So we, we bring a lot of our food with us. But we bring most of our food with us. Now, we could have gotten a pizza, you know, and just not had them make without the cheese, throw some vegetables on it, would have been fine. But we just, we didn't. We ended up, um, our RV, the, I, when I had booked this, my site was the first site in front of this building. So I knew I wanted to be close to the building. So it was very easy for us to just run back to the RV to eat or grab something. And so that was uh, very convenient. But there are sites that are not close to this building where you would need a, a golf cart or a, a bicycle, or it would be a, a good walk to get there for sure. I mean, to me, that is one of the, even though that's not something you guys were, were, were utilizing while you were there, having on-site food is a hallmark of an RV resort to me. And if a campground doesn't have any kind of either quick service or a full-on restaurant or a bar, I would hesitate to call it an RV resort. Did you get any sense whether those places were popular for food and drink? Were there a lot of people moving in and out? Did it seem like people liked it? Yeah. Uh, we were there like, you know, mid-afternoon. Um, the People were getting pizza. They were sitting outside. The food looked good. Um, 
they had a lot of different choices. Uh, it wasn't super expensive. It was, you know, on average, I would say, with a, if you were at a, I don't know, you know, maybe maybe more expensive than a fast food restaurant, but uh, kind of like hotel prices, but not too, too bad. And then they had a full bar with, um, they had people going around, like if you wanted to order drinks while you were sitting from your lounge chair, you could do that. And then on the other side of the pool, you know, maybe 50 feet from the actual bar, there was a tiki bar so that they had a bartender in on the weekends. So that was nice also. So if you wanted to, you know, while you were in the pool, you didn't have to go into the bar. You could just walk up in your bathing suit and get a drink right around the pool deck there. Awesome. So then like the pool looks really, really nice from the, the photos on the website. Can you tell us a little bit more about like pool, hot tub, how, how all that plays out? So there's, it was interesting because we were curious if we wanted to go in the hot tub and we were around the pool, we noticed there is no hot tub. So the way they built this pool is it has a zero entry. Um, so it's great for little kids. They can walk right in or sit in the shallow water. Then it gets deeper. Um, there's some like water features that kind of splash into the pool. Uh, and then there's a lazy river that's attached to the pool that floats under a couple of bridges and it just slowly meanders around the pool. And so you have those floats around the pool. There's cabanas that you can rent uh, around the pool deck also. And then right outside the fence for the pool deck, there's a pickleball court, a basketball court. There's a, a really nice playground for smaller kids with like a, um, a rubbery surface. So if they fell off, they wouldn't get hurt. So it's a, it's a really nice area for um, just being with the family, no matter how old your kids are or, you know, whatever you want to do. It's a, it's a nice place to chill. A, a couple, I mean, just a couple thoughts. Like, I can't help but compare it to Carolina Pines. I almost feel that somebody, if I just dropped them into the middle of this podcast, would think you were talking about Carolina Pines. Though everything seems more compressed and together, where, like, the pickleball courts are far away from the clubhouse in Carolina Pines. But you mentioned the playground, and you and I talked about this a little bit. We texted back and forth. I, I just really want to know, did, did you feel like this was a family-friendly RV resort, or if it's a RV resort that just kind of nods to the kids, there's just enough to keep the kids busy, but the place is adult-centric? And I am asking you selfishly, because I am thinking of booking this next spring break, so I, this, I want to know, you know, I want to know, is this going to work for me and my three kids and my wife and all of us, you know? Well, do, they don't have that play structure with the dumping buckets and the like the the water park with the slides they don't have anything like that they also don't have um a mini golf course and um they don't have the water slides and things like that so there were plenty of families there and the kids were having a great time but you know it was it was pretty much the lazy river or they were just making their own fun in the pool it wasn't like a dedicated area for kids like like carolina pines has and you know there's um there's more pools at Carolina Pines. So you have the opportunity to separate yourself from the kids if you want to. Here, you were kind of, if you were at that main pool and there were a lot of kids, you had to deal with a lot of kids splashing around and being, you know, so it was, for a family with kids, Carolina Pines is probably a better resort. For, you know, me with just traveling with my wife, this is definitely a little more upscale, a little more adult oriented, but there definitely were kids there. Now, I've been wanting to tell people in our audience this for a while, and I just keep forgetting to mention it, like in the RV Atlas group. While we were at Carolina Pines, um, there was a sign posted that said that the main pool, which they call the Serenity Pool, um, starting Memorial Day weekend, that kids will not be allowed in that pool. But I think it said 16 and up will be allowed in that pool. So moving forward, and 
you know, for the, all the times we've gone there, our kids were allowed in that main pool. And then there's the second, definitely kids pool. So if you're going to Carolina Pines anytime after Memorial Day, your teenagers are going to have to go into what is decidedly a kid's pool to me. Not a kiddie pool, but a kid's pool. So that's going to change the vibe at Carolina Pines uh, for, for right. sure. Um, but anyway, I don't want to make this all a comparison. It's just uh, it, is, it is very interesting comparing them because they're close enough that they're like an option right. for people. Now, isn't there yeah. like an adults-only section here as well, or like sort of a what you call a campground within a campground? Can you break that down? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I'll, I'll talk about the the actual campground itself now. When 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 you first pull in, you pull into um, there's a check-in building. It's a small building where you go inside, you get all your paperwork. Um, they have a desk there, and then when you come out of the building, there's a valet. So it'll be uh, somebody in a golf cart. They open up a big gate that opens up, and you follow the golf cart, and they take you to your site. And this happens for everyone, no matter what time you get there. Um, so they have maybe four or five people waiting in golf carts as, you, as the campers show up. Uh, then they, they take you into your site. They help you back in if you need it, and then they go on their way. Now, the campground has 341 total sites, so it's a pretty big campground. And they have a separate section, which is what you were just talking about. It's like a campground within a campground. It's a gated area that's for adults only. And this area has about 45 sites in there. And they have a different variety of sites. They have 22 back-ins, 17 pull-in sites for motorhomes, and then four pull-through sites. And the pull-in sites are actually facing the golf course and there's a lake in between the RV resort and the golf course that these pull-in sites look at. And uh, this is called Water's Edge. And this area of the park has an adults-only pool. This is where the hot tub is, not where the kids can go. So the hot tub is over here. And they have a small clubhouse there on that side that has eight private bathroom and shower rooms, as well as a cocktail lounge. In there, so it's definitely geared for adults in in this section. Um, this section, when we were there, was filled with two and three hundred thousand dollar motorhomes. That seemed to be what was in this area. It was definitely a, an upscale section of the park, and the site prices in this area range between one sixty nine and one fifty nine. So depending on if you got a pull through or a pull in or whatever it was, the the rest of the campground. Um, it's, it's mostly back-ins, I have to say, also. They have, looking at the, I'm looking down at the map here, I'd say they maybe have 15 pull-throughs out of the whole campground. But they're such big, beautiful sites that really there's, it not, there's not one site in this whole park that would be hard to back into, that you would have any trouble getting any size rig in or out of. It, it is just, uh, every site is perfectly designed. I mean, really, and some of them are just, they're, they're so big that you're like, what, you know, they could have probably doubled the amount of sites they had if they made them smaller. So it, it's, in that sense, it's, uh, it's really well done. And they have um, a few pull-in sites in this area also. You even liked the, the, the hook, the utility pedestals. You posted, I think you posted a picture in the yeah. RV Atlas group, like about how I awesome said. the utility pedestals are. And look, as an RV owner, I get it. You know what I mean? Like you can get some sloppy old crusty utility pedestals and that says something about a campground, yeah. but what was so cool about these, these pedestals? Well, 
first of all, the pedestal itself is, has its own concrete pad. That was a, like a four by four section of your site that kind of jutted out. And it was, so it was completely surrounded by concrete and your sewer drain was in that concrete. So you didn't have to be on the dirt at all if you didn't want to. And it, it, it's almost like a marine style um, power pedestal. It had your cable hookups in there, all your power hookups, water, everything was in there. And it looked like a little lighthouse. Um, and here's something I bet nobody has seen at any campground ever. They would have the workers going around. As soon as you pulled out, it's like you're, you, know, you were leaving for the day, they'd clean out the fire pit and they would wipe down the power pedestal. They'd actually clean it off. Like they'd go around with rags and polish it. And every single, they were shining. When I tell you these power pedestals were shining, there wasn't a speck, speck of dirt on them. I mean, just perfect. Really just amazing. Stephanie often c complains, I think is a fair word, that a lot of places will call themselves RV resorts, charge you a lot, and then not provide a resort experience in the sense that we're used to at hotel-type resorts. Um, and what you just described is a resort-level uh, experience to me, the cleaning out of the fire pits, the wiping down of the pedals. I love to hear that because like, if, if you're yeah. You know, like, what are you paying for, right? And and by the way, how much were those sites? You gave us the sites in the adults only okay. section. So how much were these awesome sites? And I love hearing that they're they're right. giving you those extras. So this part of the park, to me, I I thought this was reasonable. You know, we live up in the Northeast. You live in Jersey. I live on Long Island, and a Jellystone can cost two hundred dollars a night. You know, it's it, it's expensive up here. So. The premium back-in sites are $109 a night. The, um, they actually have a couple of buddy sites, which are $120 a night. Um, the premium clubhouse sites, now those are the ones that are closer to the main pool area, and I had one of those, so those were $129 a night. And that's it. That's the most expensive. So $130 a night is where that's going to max out. But you don't have to spend that much. You can get them for as little as $109, which I think is, for, for this level of campground, I think this is more than fair. I think so too. And I think that our perception of, of price is affected by what part of the country we're from. I, I can totally picture a listener from the Midwest or from some other part of the country going, oh my God, that's expensive. But then from us in the Northeast, we're like, oh, that's less than we're paying here for these, for these types of places. Right. And I, you know, and I think I can speak for Stephanie too. Like we don't ever mind the higher prices if the experience is, is there. And like, when you talk about this place, you're, you're kind of smiling. Like, I feel like you guys, you did have a really, really nice experience. And it seems like you wouldn't hesitate to go back. Well, we are. So we liked it so much. Now, we had only booked four nights. Uh, I'm going back in July for eight nights. So I, I, as soon as we drove out of there, we were on the phone. We were heading back up north. And we booked another eight nights in July because we liked it so much. Uh, we had plans, actually, to go to Destin and then to, to go down through uh, Florida and then go to Disney for a few nights. And we actually canceled those plans, and we decided we're just going to come here for, um, for the, that time frame that we were planning on traveling to Destin. So, I you, mean, canceled and, and Dis you canceled of, Disney for this. That's right. Yes. For uh, those I who did. don't know Bill and as well as... Bill is famously a Disney World guy, um, one of the two men behind Disney Image Makers, a, a huge, huge presence on social media, on YouTube, on Instagram. And, and Bill, Bill was a Disney 
devotee for I think it's fair to say decades, right? And and now like you're well, yeah, full we, into we, RV life. Well, we I still go, we went to Disney twice last year. I mean, we did we have been going. You know, we went in the summer, but we don't typically take the RV. We are DVC members, which is Disney's timeshare. So we like to stay at the resorts when we go. And I know you do the same thing. And um, but we were planning on going through at, with the RV to Fort Wilderness. Now Fort Wilderness is. But to me, a resort also, they blow your sights off. Everything's very clean and organized, just a lot more rustic than Hilton Head. So um, we decided we wanted to come here because we both love the beach. And this is about, like I said, a 10, 15 minute ride to the beach. And uh, we just wanted to have a relaxed, you know, beach vacation, which Disney is not. So uh, that's why we made the change. And in July, is there some shade at, at Hilton Head National RV Resort? Because you you were the first one on the RV Atlas to review Carolina Pines before um, we before my family ever went there. You inspired us to go there, quite frankly. Um, and you noted in that first review of Carolina Pines that the sites lack shade and midsummer might be really tough there. So how are you, how is yeah. that going to work for you guys? You have a little shade at the sites? A little bit more. It, it, a lot of the sites are out in the open because it is a new resort, but they managed to build this and leave some of the trees there. Um, there are some beautiful live oaks with the moss hanging under them that, you know, they, they managed to get sites underneath these. And there are also, you know, long stretches of sites where they're just full sun. So you really might want to watch a couple of YouTube videos or I mean, the campground map doesn't really show you. So you, you, you look on Google Maps and, you know, you might have to do a little bit of research, but you definitely can find a shaded site if you, um, you know, if you do a little research. And for those of you listening right now, if you go to the RVAtlas.com, we'll have show notes and Bill always provides amazing uh, photographs. Uh, Bill, you're truly one of my favorite photographers in the world. Um, so if you want to get a little, you know, I'm not saying you, you got pictures of every site or something like that, but there'll be photos in the show notes to give people um, a feel of the of the campground. Um, before we move on, I just want to say, like, it sounds like this resort has a perspective and they know what they want to be. It sounds like they want to be adult centered, but kids can come too. Um, where I think that other RV resorts, and I might include Carolina Pines in this, are um, not sure <laughs> if they want to be family-friendly RV resorts or adult-centric RV resorts. Yeah. And I wonder if the future holds RV resorts that have more of these separate areas, you know, where there is the family area that's loud and crazy and fun. And then there, there could be the adult area for people that want to go in a hot tub and not get splashed in the face, as it were. Well, this this was this RV resort. I think caters to a. I, I don't know if it's a different clientele, but there were a lot of expensive rigs there at, at this you know time. Now I don't know if it was because the PGA tournament was there, but there were a lot of like big you know diesel pusher motorhomes there. Um, you know, very expensive fifth wheels like you know mobile suites and like you know big 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 campers were there. There were also you had your you know smaller you know, travel trails and things like that. But but there were more of the bigger expensive rigs there. And curiously, this RV resort has no cabins. There's no cottages, no cabins. There's no way to stay without an RV. So it's RV only, which may help them and may hurt them. I don't know if uh, we were there during Easter week and the, the resort was not full. They were probably at about 60%. And, you know, I don't know if, if maybe some of those spaces were given to cabins, maybe more people would come down for that. I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, you know, Hilton Head does, they have a lot of hotels on Hilton Head, but this is right outside of Hilton Head. 
So it might be a good spot for people if they don't have an RV, to, if, you know, if they can stay in a cabin. So I'm not sure what their thought process was with that. I wonder if it's part of an adult-centric mentality, because I do think that cabin rentals at a lot of campgrounds are attractive for families, and, and probably Maybe. more often than not are catering to families as opposed to you know, a retiree or something like that who's, who's going to be more. I mean, I, I like a campground that knows what it wants to be, right? And it sounds yeah. like this one yeah, does. So any other, any other standout amenities that, we, that you didn't get to mention? Anything else that we didn't cover? Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's the laundry facilities are spectacular. I mean, they are brand new. I, I want to say there were maybe something like 15 washers, 15 dryers. It was uh, 250 um, per load and 250 to you know dry that same amount of clothes. Uh, the bathrooms were immaculate. They're private bathrooms. So, you know, you go inside the shower, the toilet, and the sink are all into a private room. Uh, there's dog parks there. There's a, one for smaller dogs, one for bigger dogs. Uh, there are walking trails that go all around the entire resort. Uh, so if you wanted to just take a walk in the morning, you don't have to walk just up and down the rows of the RVs. There's actually a trail that goes around the park. They also had um, a huge fire pit behind the whole pool complex. Uh, that every night there would be fires and people would gather there. And there's also a big open field behind the pool complex where there were, they had cornhole set up and they had, a, you know, those kind of like lawn games out there, just open space. So like if kids wanted to throw a football around, they could do that. Um, there's a lot of uh, space in between the sites. So you're not right on top of your neighbor. So this, it feels like a very open campground, which is, is really nice. You don't feel cramped in any way. They seem to be quite proud of those bathrooms. Those are all things on the on the website too, and they they also have a dog a really nice uh, dog washing station. So you know, pet friendly. Oh yes, which, yes, they have that also. Uh, and I I love to indoors. see that too. In and it was indoors, and that's another aspect of like if you're going to charge a hundred, a hundred and fifty a night, resort prices. You know, fifty percent of us RV owners travel with our dogs, and to have some facilities for the pets is. That's there's built in value there, right? And that's another justification oh, for, for charging those types of prices. All right, so we're going to come back in a second, and uh, Bill's going to tell us some of the things that um, he and Nancy did in Hilton Head. And if you have anything else about the campground, we can throw it in. But before we come back, we have sponsored messages from our friends at Campco and from our friends at Go RVing. Camco is one of our favorite companies in the outdoor recreation industry. For more than 50 years, they have remained a trusted North Carolina-based manufacturer specializing in innovative products for the RV, marine, outdoor living, and outdoor recreation markets. You may know them best by their American-made Rhino sewer hoses, Taste Pure water filters, EvoFlex drinking water hoses, and TST toilet chemicals, but their lineup of products doesn't end there. Camco continues to deliver products that bridge the gap between you and your next adventure. From portable grills and campfires to ease lift hitches and power grip electrical adapters, they seem to be doing it all. There's a saying that if you own an RV, you are sure to own a Camco product or two, and it's true. This spring, we are stocking up our brand new RV with go-to Camco products like their collapsible laundry basket and their life is better at the campsite dishes and mugs. Head on over to CampcoOutdoors.com to check out all of the cool stuff that Camco makes and get 10% off your entire order with our discount code RVAtlas10. That's CampcoOutdoors.com and use discount code RVAtlas10 for 10% off your entire order today. 
GoRVing's website, GoRVing.com, is packed with all of the information you need to get started and go RVing. Check out GoRVing's Get Started tab to find information from real RVers about buying an RV, renting an RV, finding a campground, and a comprehensive first-timers toolkit. The Buying an RV section includes a complete guide to buying a new RV and tips for visiting national parks. The Renting an RV section explores your options for trying before buying. The Finding a Campground section lets you search for campgrounds by state. The First-timers toolkit is a robust set of blog posts and how-to videos that will turn you into an expert RVer in no time at all. Go RVing Get Started tab is packed with the content you need to become a more experienced RVer and have fun doing it. And this is just a small sample of the content you will find there. To find out more, head on over to GoRVing.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here with Bill from A Camper and a Camera and Disney Image Makers. And Bill and Nancy were also in the first episode of my Go RVing show, Six Things I Love About My RV, and I'm still very, very thankful that they were the guinea pigs for that show, um, which we filmed at Turkey Swamp Park in New Jersey, which is the exact opposite of Hilton Head National RV Resort. It really is. I mean, it really, yeah. I mean, but that's, you know, but that that type of camping is nice also sometimes. It doesn't always have to be an RV resort. For you guys, I think it does. Yeah, right. Hey, good for you. You You live in the right part of the country, too, by the way. You know, because we, uh, we have a lot of them, you know. Oh, I, I, I want to be in the South. I'm tired of winter. I want to, I want to, I, you know, imagine if you lived in South Carolina. Uh, I mean, you, you could RV all year long. You know, up here, I got to pack that thing away in the winter, and I, I, I hate it. We dart out of here every spring break for South Carolina. And every year we talk about, oh, let's do something different. Let's go somewhere else. And we're like, South Carolina in April? For, for us people here in the Northeast, man, it's, it's, up, it's heaven. We had four heavenly beach days in a row on this spring break. Yeah. Okay, so what did you and Nancy do in the Hilton Head area? Anything that was really fun that you want to talk about? So Hilton Head Island is, we didn't really know this, but it's a, it's a super bike-friendly island. And they rent bicycles all over the place. There's bike trails on almost every street has got a bike path next to it. So you can get around the whole island by bicycle. And we brought our e-bikes with us. And what I did was I put them on the back of the truck and we drove into um, like the, the center of Hilton Head, like kind of where the beach access is and what, like all the public parking is. And we just took them off the back of the truck. And you're allowed to ride your bicycles on the beach in Hilton Head. So they have like a, the beach has like a nice hard pack to it. So, uh, you know, the first 50 feet from the water is, is nice. It's, it's very easy to ride a bicycle, even a regular bicycle that you're just pedaling. You, you know, there were hundreds of bicycles going up and down the beach all day long. So we, we did about 10 to 15 miles going up and down the beach uh, a couple of times, and it was great. And that's something that up here, even though I live 10 minutes from the beach, we don't really do that here. And um, they have a bicycle culture there. So we drove all around the island, um, and you know, we spent, spent our time on bicycles, a lot of it. And uh, that was really great. Uh, well, I have so to ask you, because everyone's, everyone's asking yeah. in the RV Atlas group, just super quickly, what type of um, e-bikes do you guys have, and do you like them? So Nancy has one that's called a Ride One Up. It's a, um, it's a step-through e-bike that is got like two-and-a-half-inch tires. It's not like a real beach cruiser-type bike. And it's definitely, for someone who's a little bit smaller, it, it, it works for her. She's, you know, about 5'7", five, 5'8". 
and it's a good size bike. I have something called a Magicycle, which is a um, more of like a four inch fat tire e-bike. That is, it's a big bike and it's about 75 pounds. And for a lot of people, it might be a little bit much, but it ate up the beach. I mean, it was no problem at all. So both bikes did really fine. And we had a great time doing that. It was, it was really nice. Awesome. So, I mean, that sounds so like so much fun to me, right? To just to throw the e-bikes in the back of the truck, head up there and just cruise around. So anything else that you guys really enjoyed in Hilton Head? Yeah, we, uh, well, we, we didn't, you know, we were only there for four nights and the, the first night we just stayed at the resort. And, um, so the, one of the nights, what we did, they had that Hilton Head, uh, DJ classic. So we really didn't, there's a, there's a whole part of Hilton Head. I think it's called Sea Pines. It's a, um, I guess it's a gated area of the island because you have to pay to get into it. So you have to pay $9 per car to get into it. And there's beautiful homes and there's restaurants and shopping. But if you wanted to go to the Hilton Head Lighthouse, that's where you would have to go. So we decided one night we're going to take a ride to the lighthouse. And um, we did. And when you get over to the lighthouse, we parked the car. And I think because the golf tournament was going on, the entire marina was filled with yachts. And when I'm saying yachts, like, $40 $40 million yachts. Like, I've never seen anything like this. And each one of them had music going and parties, and there were people all over the place, and there's shopping and restaurants and bars. So it was a very lively atmosphere, live music. Um, so we really enjoyed that. And we kind of stumbled onto that. We didn't realize that that would be going on. So that's an area of the island that we want to go back to again, maybe during the day um, and check out the lighthouse and see all of that. Um, I'm not a golfer. So all of that is lost on me, but there's a lot of golf courses on the Hilton Head. I mean, I think that's what it's known for. And it's, uh, if you like golf, this seems to be the place to come. I mean, there's just golf everywhere. Uh, so, th- you know, that was pretty much it. There was, you know, we did a lot of shopping and, you know, there's a lot of little restaurants and cute shops and places to go. And Bluffton, which is where we were staying, is also a nice area. And if you need anything, you know, that's where you're going to find Target, Walmart, and supermarkets and, Pretty much anything you might need, you'll find in Bluffton, in that area there. And um, I think what else? Uh, no, Bluffton has its little old town area also. So there's, there's definitely stuff to look at. Let me ask you this, too. Like, for you guys and for, you know, for what you like to do, what you love to do, um, does Hilton Head work better for you than Myrtle? You know, Myrtle's got a crazy, zany, crowded family side. And, I mean, it's, Myrtle's got a little bit of everything, but... I mean, are you more drawn now to, to Hilton Head as your South Carolina spot than you are to, to Myrtle? Um, you, you can't beat the beach access of some of the Myrtle Beach, those mega resorts that are right on the beach. So if you want to camp right on the beach, you have to go to Myrtle Beach because there's nothing like that in Hilton Head. But for, for a couple, I like Hilton Head better. Um, we did Myrtle Beach a lot when the kids were little. Um, we've, we've done it, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 times we've been to Myrtle Beach and we, we had a good time at, at all the time. And especially with families, I, I think Myrtle Beach is more geared for that than Hilton Head. But as a couple or a retiree, uh, I would definitely go to Hilton Head. Uh, you know, Myrtle, Myrtle Beach is a lot of fun. They have Broadway on the beach. You know, you can, they have little amusement parks and that kind of stuff. There's a little less of that on Hilton Head. Uh, families can definitely have a nice time. Uh, don't get me wrong. If you were into the beach at all. Hilton Head's beach is beautiful. I mean, it's definitely a, a great beach to go to. And there were a ton of families and kids and, you know, a lot of that. So it's just a different vibe. It's totally, you know, 
they don't have the high rises on the beach like they do it in Myrtle Beach where you, you know, like a 15 story, you know, hotel right on the beach. It's not like that. Everything's shrouded in the live oaks. It's uh, more lush. It's just a, a different feeling. Sure. All right, my resort expert. So is is this out of the, you know, the places you've gone, is it your, you know, your personal favorite? Obviously, it's a subjective question, but is it your your new personal favorite for an RV resort that just ticks off all the boxes for you and Nancy? Uh, as a couple, yeah, I would say we, we really like this because we like the beach and we like the heat. You know, it may not be for everyone, you know, for someone in the summer, like I would have no hesitation to go down here and sit in 100 degree heat and the humidity. I'm fine with that where other people may want to head up to Boston and go to Normandy Farms and be in the woods and the shade and all of that. So, you know, you have to know what kind of camper you are and what you like. Um, but, I mean, as far as amenities and quality of a resort, I, I can't imagine it being any better than this. And the area is beautiful. It's just a beautiful area. And just so you know, also, it's about an hour and a half to Charleston if you wanted to go, and it's a half-hour drive to Savannah. So that, on our next trip, we plan on maybe taking a day trip to either one or both uh, because they're so close and accessible. That's huge because if you're doing a week at Hilton Head National RV Resort and you say, hey, let's do a day in Savannah, let's do a day in Charleston, um, that's a really nice week's vacation right there, man. Yeah, um, and, and there's really not a lot of other places to stay on Hilton Head or in that area. The there's a motor coach only resort that's on the island that we drove through and it's beautiful, but it's an ownership resort. And then there's another one called, I think it's Hilton Head um, Marina and RV Resort, which is also an ownership resort. And they, they do do rentals there also, and you can bring fifth wheels and travel trailers in there. But again, those are right over the causeway. So you're still a little bit of a ways to the beach. So I, I think where we stayed, uh, Hilton Head National, if you it's just it's a, it's fantastic. I mean, in that area, I can't think of a better place to stay. And, and you didn't feel like a peasant in your Flagstaff fifth wheel next to all the luxurious. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't homes. like that. No, it wasn't like that. It, it was. They, there were plenty of like pin-sided travel trailers and young families, and you know. But there were a lot of big fifth wheels, and there were a lot of. This is this resort had the most like Class A diesel pusher, you know. Integras and Tiffin buses and those type of RVs than I've ever seen at any other resort. But there was, it was, you know, also plenty of other types of resorts also, uh, uh, RVs also. But um, yeah, there was definitely some high-end hardware there for sure. High-end hardware. When I'm a Carol, like, I feel like my grand design, my 32-foot grand design, like, is so fancy to me. Um, and, and, and like, it's so spacious to me, even though there's the five of us and Maggie and everything. But then when I show up at Carolina Pines, I'm like, oh my God, my RV is so small. It's like dwarfed by all of these, these fifth wheels around me. But then, you know, well, then, you, but then there's somebody in a pop-up camper. Right. Well, you, you've seen my fifth wheel and it's, it's a good size fifth wheel and it's perfectly fine for us and we love it. But, you know, we were parked next to, I mean, there were a lot of Montanas and, you know, it's just people like retire, almost like people full-timers would buy or people that are. Six months out of the year, they're in these fifth wheels, you know, like full body, you know, full profile, wide body fifth wheels that you could live in. Like there were a lot of those also. 
you know, and there's a lot of places where they can't fit. So it's not surprising that you, you know, you yeah. go to a place like this that's catering to the size of their rigs and everything. Um, makes a lot of sense. Bill, I can't thank you enough for all these great RV resort reviews you've given us over the years. I mean, you're keeping us like totally oh. on trend with what's happening out there. We've been a little boring with, um, th I think, three years of Carolina Pines. So thank you so much, my friend. Now, if you don't listen, if I come across anything that I think would work, I'll definitely get in touch. I mean, we don't have any um, anything that we haven't been to already planned this year. This was like the first new resort. But, you know, I'm always looking to branch out. Destin is an area that I want to get to. It's just such a long ride for us, but I definitely want to get there. I, I think there's a few there that I'd like to try out. Well, I think Hilton Head National could be a good roughly halfway point to Destin, right? You could, you could break up the trip to They're Destin great. by staying here. I, I hope to see you in person soon. Thank you so much for coming back on the RV Atlas. Anytime. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the RV Atlas. To find out more about the topics discussed on this show, head on over to the RVAtlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook and make sure to join us on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at the RV Atlas. If you enjoy our show, please consider leaving us a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And we will see you at the campground. See you at the campground.